Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me today. Um, happy to spend some time with you guys. Love you guys. Thank you always for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Uh, I think a good book for you to read, if you've never read it, um, is As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. I, uh, it's a very quick uh, read. I read through it partially last night and then the rest this morning. Like That's how quick it would take you. A fast reader, somebody like me, maybe a half hour if you're a little slower. It is in Old English. Maybe an hour and a half read total, maybe. Um, it, it would be a very wise investment of uh, you know 45 minutes to an hour and a half of your time. And uh, one of the things he talks about, I've been trying to get better uh, at this, and I've talked about this a couple of times. You know, again, I'm always in a constant state of self-improvement. How could I be better? How could I be better? What can I do better, right? And uh, one thing I've, I've noticed recently is I think um, it's very hard now, more than ever, I think, in human history to control your mind and what you think. It, it is. It's this is the this is the hardest time in all of human history since God put us on this earth. This is the most difficult it's ever been for us to control our mind and our thoughts. Why? Because we are constantly and incessantly bombarded with information, both good and bad. And neutral. There's fish in the pond. You know, that'd be a neutral piece of information for somebody not interested in fishing. It'd be a good piece of information for a fisher and uh, a bad piece of information to get out for the fish in the pond. <laughs> right? So it's, it's, there's, we've been bombarded. We are bombarded daily with information. Like, we would have never. Like, if we lived in the United States and something was going down between Israel and Palestine, you know, let's just say we were Native Americans, you know, they, they, we would have never have known. No way. Would have never have known it was happening. Bro, there were Native Americans over here picking berries while Rome was being built, then conquered and destroyed. You know what I mean? It's like, time went on. Isn't that funny to think about how everything's so relative? You know, everything is so incredibly relative. Now it's like Israel and Palestine could plunge the whole world into a world war that could affect everybody. A couple hundred years ago, that would have never have been possible. Nobody would have cared in, in Asia. Nobody would have cared in the United States. Well, back then, the Americas. So it's interesting how everything's relative. But anyways, you know, we... We would you never would have known about it, and you know in colonial America you might have found out about it, but not for months or even years after a conflict. And the conflict would have been localized. The conflict would have been localized. It wouldn't have been global, like it has the potential to be. Right, it already is a global conflict as there's clashing of protesters between Israelite, pro-Israel, pro-Palestine policy decisions being made in countries, you know, it's just, uh, it's very interesting, but anyways, that, that's not the point, the point is, 
I just think that's so fascinating, right? So it makes you think about like what's actually important. But um, we're we're bombarded with information. The starving kids in Africa, war, potential war, Israel, Palestine, China, in the United States. There's all this information. And that's like the big macro information. We're not even talking about micro information, like what's happening in your life, your local community, right? What's happening to the lives in the lives of your friends and family and your uncle that lives in California. You know what I mean? There's just so much to know and care about. And I believe, and this is my problem, this is the problem with globalists, in my opinion is that humans, I think this is scientifically proven, I believe it's called a monkey bubble. And your monkey bubble is the amount of people that you're actually able to actually care about. Like effectively care for and care about. So your monkey bubble I think is like, I think it's less than 20 people that you have a deeply profound emotional connection that you're able to have a deeply profound emotional connection to. I, I don't, don't quote me on that, but I believe the study was the monkey bubble. I hear little bits of information. I, I probably heard that over a decade ago and it stuck with me. So, you know, and, that, and that's my, that's my, that's my issue with the globalists is that you're not actually able to care about people like to pretend to care so that they're viewed as a good person right people like to pretend to care you know about the innocent people in Gaza and Palestine that are being you know effectively slaughtered by the Israeli defense forces um, people pretend to care about you know if they if they have pro-israel leanings they tend they pretend to care about, you know, Israel. And I think there are some people that deeply do care about this, the, the, the citizens of Gaza, the, the citizens of Israel that were killed and all this other stuff. I think, but I think those people are very few and far between and they have to have some kind of deeply rooted tie to that country and to those people. Like my grandma's there. Okay, that makes sense. But now, you know, the problem is, is you have the, all this activism all this activism and what the activism is is it's posting a black square on your Instagram it's donating five dollars begrudgingly <laughs> to a cause it's uh, post posting a hashtag it's become so superficial that you can be in the comfort of your home on the couch in a snuggie with a cat sleeping on your lap and a glass of warm tea and all you have to do is post a hashtag and you're part of the resistance. <laughs> do you guys see how stupid all this is? It's, it's you know, women are really good at this. Women are really good at, oh, hashtag, black square, my husband's a lineman, lineman's wife, military wife, you know what I mean? All of this fake superficial surface level activism, right? That doesn't actually effectuate any kind of change. But again, that's not the point. The point is is that we are 
constantly and incessantly bombarded with information. And I don't, I, our brains aren't necessarily wired to handle it. Our brains aren't necessarily wired to handle it. And I think that a lot of, when you look at a person who has a good life, meaning that there isn't anything, you know, nobody's sick, nobody's died recently, money in the bank, bills are paid, but they still struggle with anxiety and depression. I think a portion of that, you know, again, our food, our water, cause chemical imbalances in our brains. I think that's a big portion. But I think certainly at least an antagonist is the amount of information that we are constant at our very fingertips, literally (laughs) bombarded with. I think that causes anxiety and I think because that flow of information is typically very negative and that's my point for today. uh, People get depressed. I mean, if you plug into the world, how can you not be depressed? Israel, Gaza, terrorist attacks, this, is China going to go to war with Taiwan? What's America's stance on that? What this, the homelessness in San Francisco and inflation and, oh, new virus and all. How can you possibly have a positive outlook How? You'd have to be... You can't. You can't. You would have to be a next level mental gymnastic shaman to be able to have and maintain a completely positive view. I think uh, I am... Not necessarily, I don't want to say I'm better than most. I'm very good at not letting things that I can't, and I'm also very bad at it. So I shouldn't even say that. I'm very good at letting things that I can't control go, but I also feel like I can exert, I feel like I have, like, so people would hear me say that, and they're like, Mike, you're very vocal about a lot of different issues. Well, because I can control how I've, receive feedback that leads me to believe. Let's put it this way. I've received a great deal of feedback that leads me to believe that I can influence and change people's thoughts. I've had many, many people, many people that were uh, even either in the middle of the aisle or on the left side of the aisle come over to my side after weeks and months and years of listening to and viewing my content. Yo, Mike, I wasn't sure how where I stood on the whole transgenderism issue. I thought maybe, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the more I've looked into it, the more I've read your posts, the more independent research I've done on my own, the more I think about how it's negatively affecting kids and how many kids are detransit. I don't think that this is good anymore. So I wanted to thank you for, you know, letting people know what you thought about this. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation with people. Not just about that issue, but a host of other issues. Um, so the reason why I'm vocal probably to an extreme sometimes you know I even get it from my own wife come on Michael should you really say that 
and maybe my delivery could be a little different. You know, and maybe I shouldn't post when I've had a few drinks, but <laughs> but at the end of the day, I feel like I have an audience and it's my response and I have an audience that very fiercely agrees with me and very fiercely disagrees with me and dislikes me. I have both. So I feel even more of a duty and responsibility, not because I have so many people that agree with me, but because I have so many people that disagree with me that weigh in on what I have to say daily. And I've won some of these people over. So I feel like I have a responsibility. Now, in the cosmic grand scheme of things, what is that? What's the significance? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not conflating. I'm not inflating, rather, by significance. I'm not saying that I'm some kind of massive influencer with <clears throat> millions and millions of people in a huge YouTube channel. I'm not saying that. What, what I, I, and at the end of the day, what do I tell you guys? The first thing we need to do is be the best person we could be than the best family man we can be and then influence our community. I have a responsibility as a man to influence my community. And my community are the people that I interact with on a day-to-day basis. Because communities aren't what they used to be. It's not just the neighbors that are around you in a spatio-temporal sense. It's those that you communicate with on a day-to-day basis. People that are able to view you on a day-to-day basis. So I have a responsibility because I have a some I, I, I certainly have a larger audience than the normal person. You know, I'm not a one percenter, but I'm probably in the top fifteen percent. You know, we get tens of thousands of views a month. Some people get tens of thousands of views an hour. You know what I mean? That's the one percent. But I feel like I have a responsibility to speak the truth. I feel like I have a responsibility to open people's eyes and help them think more clearly. And if anything, just provide a different perspective than what they've been told their whole life. I, the best, my favorite thing to hear is I never thought of it that way. I never knew that. I never thought of it that way. I never knew that. That's my favorite thing to hear from somebody. That doesn't necessarily mean I won you over to my side of thinking, but it does mean that I've allowed you to a different perspective and more information to come to your own conclusion. But anyways, now it's harder than ever to control what goes into your mind. You know, it used to be, okay, it's easy. Just don't watch certain shows. Don't read certain books. Don't hang around certain people. used to be very easy to control, right? But now if you you have a phone, it's just constant. And you're, you're surrounded by people, both willingly and unwillingly, that are exposed and plugged into this constant and incessant stream of information. The only way you'd be able to control what goes into your brain on a day-to-day basis is to live like a monk. Door-dash your groceries, don't speak to anybody, disconnect your phone, the internet, the TV, and don't, don't have any contact with the outside world. That's the only way now. 
Because even if you're disconnected from your phone, even if you're disconnected from the world and you're out in the general public, you're surrounded by people that are, who are fully plugged in. And they become vessels. They become vessels for the information. Isn't that it? That's interesting. I've never played around with that mentally. How people are vessels. Wow, that's a beautiful horse. Oh, my goodness gracious. Big. It looked like a Clydesdale. Um, I've never think about that, guys. People are vessels. And that's how propaganda works. That's how propaganda spreads. People are vessels for these mega corporations and defense firms and governments and I should say quasi-governments and all this other... It's very... Uh, I gotta play around with that more. I gotta flesh that idea out. Sometimes I just say things and I'm like, wow, that was freaking brilliant. <laughs> no, but think about it. Like, even if you disconnect from your phone, you throw your laptop in the ocean, you turn your TV off and unplug it, and you just go out and have a beer, you're gonna be... You know, who's somebody next to you is gonna start yapping or you're gonna overhear a conversation. People are just vessels. It's interesting how... It's almost like this is what I view it as, is that at once, at one point, the cell phone was the extension of the person, and now the person has become the extension of the phone. What's more powerful now? Used to be your cell phone held people's numbers, you called people, hung up, it was, if you, if you, if you were to throw your cell phone away, that thing's dead, it's gone, all those phone numbers are gone, all your text messages, all the conversations are gone, but now with the cloud, now with these apps, now with everything, you could bomb your cell phone with a nuke, and it's all still there somewhere. Isn't that interesting? Your, your data, your data, your digital footprint, who you are as a person will be here long after your physical body is dead, rotted, decayed, and dusted. So what's more powerful? What holds the power now? It's not, you can't just throw your SIM card away. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? Man, I feel like there's just such a deep, profound truth to what we've discussed today. That your old Nokia, remember those things? Your flip phone, you shut that off and it's off. Right? You shut that off and it's off. You go outside, you play, you play, you know, a manhunt or a kickball with your friends, your phone's off, nothing's happening. But now you shut your phone off and you go outside, it's still running. The digital version of you is still running. People are still looking at you, reading your comments, reading your words, reading all this. Isn't that fascinating? Every little piece of information that you've ever put on the internet is still out there running. There's a literally a digital version of you out there on the world wide web, like an avatar that just runs in the background no matter how much you try to disconnect yourself. I feel like a deep despair. 
I feel a deep despair in my spirit, my soul, at the bottom of my gut, thinking about that. Like I've somehow been captured. Like I've somehow played into this sick game. Like I've been duped and fooled and tricked. Oh, it's shiny. Get this new app, new social media, new this. You need this to build your business, your brand. Put your information here, blah, 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 blah. Now I can't escape. I can't escape. I can throw my phone away and I can go live in the mountains. How long is it going to take? How much distance can I put between myself and the digital version of myself? It's almost like I've created another person. It's almost like I've created another entity. It's almost like I've cloned myself. I've been cloned against my will. You've been cloned against your will. There is a version of you out there that it doesn't matter if you delete all your social media. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be there. And again, my thing is how long would it take for me to put distance between myself and that version of me to where they're both to, the, to where they're no longer congruent again I, I just feel like a deep profound sadness like I said like I've been captured like I've been captured and cloned against my will and this this what's Today I was going to talk about how to have positive thoughts. <laughs> and instead I'm having a digital existential crisis. And uh, I don't feel like talking about being positive now. I don't know. I'm being dramatic. But um, definitely something to think about. But anyways, I guess I guess the point is this. is Man, you know. It's much harder to be positive than, than it's ever been before. And the best that you can do is try to... Almost like, you know, dieting now is hard because there's junk food everywhere. Right? It's the same thing with your mind. You've got you've to treat your mind like it's going on a diet. That's, that's where I can turn this conversation around into a positive. For you guys, I don't like... You know, I'm starting to feel like... Uh, well, now I understand Uncle Ted... Now I'm starting to get Uncle... Now, now I'm not saying we should bomb government buildings. It's not it. It's not yet. Um, but I, I understand a little bit. I get it now. <laughs> it just hit me at 8 o'clock in the morning on a, on a Thursday on my way to Muay Thai. Oh, okay. This is what he was talking about. This is that hollowness. But uh, anyways... What was I saying? You got to go on a diet. You got to go on a diet with your mind. I need, I know I need to go on a diet with my mind. I need to start to, I need to take a break. You know, I need to go on a diet too. <sighs> All right. That's today's episode. I'm at Muay Thai. Love you guys. Let's get it.